you for taking time to listen to this sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church and of our campus in Lexington, Kentucky. It is our prayer that as you listen today, you will be encouraged, challenged, and equipped to be all God has for you. We invite you to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 11 o'clock a.m. at our Todd's Road campus near the Hamburg area of Lexington. happy to be with you this morning. Um, I was excited that Chad reached out and, and gave us the opportunity um, to connect with you guys and just to share what God is doing in our midst. Um, so let me pray for us and then, uh, and then we're going to read it again because I do think repetition is super important. So, uh, so Father, we um, this morning, we want to see you. We want to see your heart. We want to see your care and compassion. And Father, would you stir in our own hearts a desire to follow after you? Father, would you meet us um, in this small time together to hear your voice? We pray this all in the name of Jesus. All right, so um, on Sunday mornings, if you are at Nathaniel Mission or around Nathaniel Mission, um, we have something in partnership with Hope Springs called Breakfast and Bible Study. And so we gather, we eat, we eat a meal together at breakfast. And then Pastor Dan, who is the executive director at Nathaniel Mission, also the pastor at Hope Springs, um, starts asking questions. They read scripture together and they, he asks them, or me, what do you hear? What sticks out? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read that passage again and encourage you to, whatever, whatever is helpful to you, to close your eyes, to imagine the scene, um, but I'm going to read it again. All right. After the synagogue, Jesus, James, and John went home with Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed, sick with a fever, and they told Jesus about her at once. He, he went to her, took her by the hand, and raised her up. The fever left her, and she served them. That evening at sunset, people brought to Jesus those who were sick or demon-possessed. The whole town gathered near the door. He healed many who were sick with all kinds of diseases, and he threw out many demons, but he did not let them, the demons speak because they recognized him. Early in the morning, well before sunrise, Jesus rose and went to a deserted place where he could be alone in prayer. Simon and those with him tracked him down. When they found him, they told him, everyone is looking for you. He replied, let's head in the other direction to the nearby villages so that I can preach there too. That is why I have come. All right, so the first, the first thing that I am drawn to is this personal and powerful care that Jesus has um, for these people around him. Um, care for Simon's mother-in-law and then care to spend the evening with people maybe we wouldn't normally hang out with. Um, and, then, and then this just magnetic appeal of Jesus 
to those who are sick, to those who are oppressed. Um, so I want that to kind of be our, our centering point today as I share about stories and, and what we do at Nathaniel Mission. Um, but before we do that, I just want to share just a little bit about myself. Um, the Lord has always stirred my heart for, for the poor, for those who no one else pays attention to, no one else notices. Um, this started with my exposure. Um, I, I grew up at a, United, a small United Methodist congregation in western Kentucky. Um, we didn't often talk about the poor. Um, I wasn't around people who, who felt a call to share what Jesus had done for them. We just did church like normal. Um, and so I was really exposed for the first time when I, I went to Asbury College then, university now. Um, and I had this first exposure to people who are talking about the love of Jesus and sharing it with their neighbor in real, real darkness and real heaviness. Um, and it stirred my heart. It came with a, a tenderness of heart towards people, a desire to be present with others, um, others who weren't like me. Um, so in this season of immersing myself, I was taking a, a writing of John class, and, and I could see what, how personal Jesus was, um, how personal his care was for people in society that um, would deem unworthy, um, not worth their time. And my heart would just be stirred, I don't know, uh, burning for others to share um, radically how to just to love the poor and the broken and so I felt this call of Isaiah 58 personally um, to to spend myself on behalf of the poor um, so this is this is why I found myself at Nathaniel Mission um, choosing to live in the neighborhoods that we serve choosing to live in Cardinal Valley um, where we have targeted focus um, to be available and attentive and to really see the needs of my community, not just some other community across town. Um, these needs and concerns affect my own family, my own friends, my own neighbors. Um, and, and to see the reality of neighborhood kids walk into an elementary school in the morning after hearing gunshots that evening. So just the reality of, of life lived in the neighborhoods that we serve. Um, driving down um, Oxford Circle and seeing my neighbors who are food insecure, hopping on the bus, scrounging up a dollar to get on the bus to head up to Nathaniel Mission in hopes that somebody might give them a bus pass to get back home after they filled up their grocery cart. Um, so just to be very present and very aware of those needs. So since 1940, a long time. Nathaniel Mission has been at the forefront of changing lives. Some of the people in this room have been serving at Nathaniel Mission for years. Um, so birth out of this place to originally serve Davis Bottom and Irish Town, two of one of the poorest at the times and most underserved neighborhoods in inner city Lexington. Then Nathaniel Mission was first organized to provide spiritual support and care to residents often overlooked and neglected by existing ministries. So the mission quickly became a hub of community activities. 
neighborhood-based services, and tangible service to individuals and families. So some of you have served in, at, in Davis Bottom and at our current location, spending yourselves on behalf of the poor. Um, and as both the, the literal and figurative landscape of Lexington has changed over time, the mission's aim has broadened, right? We serve all of Fayette County, but we have targeted efforts on that Versailles Road corridor, um, which includes Davis Bottom, Irish Town, just little pocket neighborhoods right around Versailles Road, and then um, the largest neighborhood in that area being Cardinal Valley. Um, from Forbes all the way to Alexandria. So we have felt the Lord leading us intention to intentional community development, focused on relationships rather than basic services. These needs in this community are great, ranging from economic disadvantages, homelessness, gun violence, addiction, depression, mental illness, um, just a flat-out lack of opportunity, food and health, care access, um, and then the skills and the knowledge to do something different. Um, in looking at the needs of our Versailles Road Corridor community and where the services are lacking, specifically with children and families, Colonel Valley and, and Harrison Elementary, which are the two elementary schools right in our neighborhood, um, they rise to the top of the list in all of Fayette County. Um, if you look at Colonel Valley, um, there's, over, there's almost 600 kids in that elementary school, that includes preschool, uh, faces that are primarily Hispanic, so 73% of those children that are attending that school, uh, with 80% of them being English language learners, um, the highest in all of Fayette County. Um, as you pass by kindergarten class, um, you would see only for this last year, only 11% of them showed up deemed ready for kindergarten. Um, and of course you can see those, those big disadvantages mean that test scores are low, right? One in uh, four kids have their reading, um, reading test scores where they need to be. Um, only 15% in math. Um, so just very huge barriers for a, a child living in those neighborhoods to, to come out and be successful. Um, so, and I say those things just to give a picture of the whole neighborhood. So if you look at free and reduced lunch, which is your economic, where, how much families are making, the whole school qualifies, both Harrison and, and um, Cardinal Valley the whole school qualifies for free lunch. Um, so with these demographic and statistical evidence, Nathaniel Mission aims to address those needs. And we, we believe that we have been positioned here for a reason um, and, and that God has placed us there to make a, an impact. So we aim to embody um, just the heart of who we are is that we desire to invest to restore and transform. These values are based in that Isaiah 58, where God calls his people to holy action on behalf of the overlooked, neglected, and oppressed. By spending themselves on behalf of their own flesh and blood, the people of God are encouraged to instill dignity and honor into those who have been marginalized. 
through these dedicated and intentional acts of investments and restoration, God cast a vision for the whole community to be transformed from scarcity and strife to feasts and jubilation. And this is the heart of Nathaniel Mission, to invest our lives on behalf of our neighbors, to restore wholeness and dignity through practical services and support, and to see our neighbors transformed by God's unending supply of grace and power. With these values at the center of our operations, we have strategically positioned ourselves to address three areas of service. Um, So that's poverty intervention and prevention, health and wellness initiatives, and then children and youth development. So by reaching out to our neighbors with services such as emergency food assistance, you may hear people talking about a mission market. Um, Neighbors can come and can shop, pick out their own items once a month. Social services support, um, continuing education such as budgeting and financial independence classes and jobs, job readiness skills and much more. So the mission aims to offer a hand up to have intentional conversations with folks um, to, for those who are experiencing critical poverty um, or homelessness. So if you were to walk into our hospitality center, um, you would find a friendly face that would either sign you up for Mission Market, point you in the direction of breakfast or lunch um, or, or just some hot coffee, and offer our first point of service for basic needs, such as blessing bags, um, toiletries, warm items, um, especially in this season, warm items are a hot commodity. Um, So gloves and hats and scarves. Um, This is space for neighbors who are looking to make life changes um, or need an advocate to help them work through um, systems that are, then we connect them with our um, poverty and intervention and prevention coordinator, our case manager, to do that intentional work of having the conversation. Um, when it comes to our health initiative, Nathaniel Mission has had a long track of record of meeting basic health and wellness needs on behalf of our neighbors. Um, from vision to podiatry, um, to diabetes and nutrition support um, classes, and much more in between, the mission has positions itself to fill that critical need um, in health care so that our communities can experience personal wellness, um, live strong, whole, and healthy lives. Um, so this, this really looks like us being a bridge. So if somebody walks in and says, um, I have got this huge spider bite, um, our, our, folks, um, our folks live all over the place. Some of them live in homes right next door. Some of them are camping out in the elements. Some of them are at shelters. Um, So there are all kinds of health concerns that come up um, that people just don't have the access. They don't know where to go. Um, Some of our folks go to the ER and sometimes get turned away because the ER is not quite the place to deal with the issues that they're dealing with. Um, So we see ourselves as a bridge to those resources. So we want our desire is that we would have this relationship with a person but then we would also have a really good understanding of the opportunities that person can funnel into. So for example, um, I had a guy this week um, come with a huge spot on his leg. Um, He went to the front desk and he just asked for a Band-Aid. 
That's all I asked for. Uh, when he had this huge gash on his leg, um, after having conversation with him, we called the refuge clinic, who has a street outreach doctor. He was on site that day, got him appointment two hours later. Um, we got him bus passes to get over there. So just that intentionality of connecting with a person and meeting their need. Um, we also have a huge resource just right down the road from us called Bluegrass Community Health Center, and, and they provide all kinds of screening, getting people connected to primary care or whatever specialists they need. So just that intentionality. Um, when it comes to our children and youth, we know well that children reverse the cycle of poverty, primarily through education, and then redemptive relationships. These two areas are key for children and families to experience restoration and transformation. So through summer enrichment programs, education and mentor support for after, in after school, we desire to transform the academic achievements, social interactions, physical health, and spiritual development of the children and families living along the Versailles Road Corridor. So Nathaniel Mission Seek speaks to be a community where neighbors recognize their potential, see themselves as loved by God, and are empowered to become fully alive. Um, so let's go back to Jesus. There's a lot of stuff. Let's go back to Jesus. Um, to think through that scene. It says the whole town gathered near the door. And he healed many who were sick with all kinds of diseases and threw out many demons. What are the smells? What are the faces? The desperation? There are people in real need and real desperation for life to be different and who, who need Jesus. I believe Jesus intended his church to look a lot more like the scene at Simon's house than the synagogue um, a few verses before. The whole town didn't gather at the synagogue. The whole town gathered at the door of Simon's home. I don't want to diminish at all the importance of the church building where people gather. Yeah, I do want to emphasize the importance of understanding that our homes and the other places that we find ourselves, work, school, neighborhoods, gyms, as places of church and acknowledge, acknowledging our neighborhoods are filled with people who are sick and lonely and oppressed, depressed and anxious. These people are far more likely to encounter Jesus in our homes than our church buildings. There are spaces in our lives that, many, that may be the only church some people will ever enter. And it is so, it's really easy to go through life consumed with our own thoughts and our own families. Um, what do we have to get done? And, and who, who's upset us? Or what are we worrying about? Um, we have to intentionally choose to think outside of ourselves, to care for anyone else. And often, we have to find people who aren't like us. Um, I don't know about you, but my family looks a lot like me. Uh, my friends look a lot like me. 
I, I have to intentionally choose to position myself around people who, who, who are sick, who are lonely, who are oppressed, depressed and anxious. We don't, we don't often uh, find ourselves in that kind of company. I believe when we position ourselves in uncomfortable and new situations to love someone else, God does show up in the same very personal and very powerful way of Jesus. Um, So just want to share a couple of those stories with you. Um, Even just this week, my friend Clayton, he, um, he has been a friend of the mission and Hope Springs for, I would say, 10 years. So I've been there I'm on year seven, so he has consistently been there um, in a place of addiction, in a place of mental health crisis at times, um, and most likely always homeless. And uh, there are times where you can see um, Clayton has his own, somebody gave him a brand new huge study Bible. It's sitting in our conference room. Um, and he keeps it there because he wants it, he wants it kept safe. Um, so in the season of life, Clayton, um, Clayton um, was not able to pay his child support, so he ended up in jail. And so he has been clean and sober for eight months because he's landed in jail. And so he showed up, he got out of jail on Friday, he showed up on Monday ready to do something different. He doesn't have a lot of things that are different about his life yet. Um, but he knows that Nathaniel Mission is the, the place that he can find refuge, that he can come and have a real conversation about life. Clayton, what are you doing? What's your next step? Are you getting into transitional living house? Are you going to treatment? Um, and from there, I was able to, he had no jacket, Right? He, he had no hat. He had no gloves. Right? First step. All right, Clayton, I can get you all those things. Can we sit down and talk about doing an intake for a place? He said, yes. We sat down and had a, a conversation, probably an hour. An hour passed when we were supposed to leave um, to get him into treatment. So just the Nathaniel mission being that safe space to have the conversation, the relationship built to say, okay, are you ready to do something different? Are you ready to do something different? Um, In this last year, um, I've been working closely with a lady named Bernice. Um, She's a a lovely lady, but very tough too. Um, She she was in transitional living, doing IOP um, for her addiction, and she just does not get along with people, right? Um, and when you're, at, when you're in close quarters with other people, it's really, it can be really hard if you have any kind of mental health issue. So she, um, in the midst of that, was not able to access her money um, for about six months, and so found herself homeless. Um, and she would show up to the mission every day. Um, there are times where she, all she could do was cry. She, she didn't have a place to go. She didn't have any family. And she wasn't willing to go to a shelter for several different reasons. Some, some reasons because they're, they're full. Um, 
But I, um, the intentionality to sit with someone, to say, come into my office and just, you could just sleep. You just come and sleep. Um, or to give someone a hug that has not, that has felt very lonely and has been on the streets. Um, there was one day she just, she really was in a, I can't do this anymore. Like, I, I just need to go somewhere else. What, nowhere else is going to help you. This, you've built a little connection here. Why don't you stay here? So there's just this, this internal dialogue going on in her head um, that, that, that God had positioned me um, or Felsha to have conversation, our other staff, to have conversations to say, it, it is okay, you can keep going, and to put our arms around her and say, we are, we are with you, you are not alone, um, and to bring her to Jesus. Um, through this season, um, she was also attending Hope Springs. Hope Springs is a church right across the way that I mentioned earlier, and, um, and she experienced, through, through the heartache of homelessness, um, she experienced Jesus in a real and powerful way, um, even before he came through for her, right? Like, the Lord meets us even before maybe our prayers are answered. Um, and so, so even in this season, Bernice got baptized, and just before Christmas, we were able to secure housing for her, um, it doesn't always, everything comes with a lot of barriers, um, a lot of barriers. And so our heart is to be consistent. Um, no, we can't pay for your hotel until we figure it out, right? But we can be present in the midst of it, and we can help you figure out what the next step you need to do. And, and when that housing was available, we have community resources um, community partners willing to step up and say, okay, I'll pay for that first month's rent. I will, um, I will do the deposit for her. Um, so she's been in housing for just over, just over a month now. Um, with all kinds of health concerns, there's a lot, there's a lot that the Lord's still doing in her midst and, um, and has called us to be present in it. Um, I also, one of the other really, um, Oh, one of the other precious things that we do um, at Nathaniel Mission is that before somebody comes to our mission market, we like to just say, is there anything else that we can do to help? Like, what, what other things are you doing? Mainly so that we can say, all right, well, we have this thing or we know of this resource. Um, just kind of be that first point of connection or you need to meet with Stephanie, our case manager, um, but also to, to say, how can we pray for you? And, and sometimes people are like, oh, just pray for my health. Um, but it is such a pertinent opportunity, no matter what they say, no matter what's going on in their lives, to be able to speak truth into somebody's life. Um, almost like that, that, that Isaiah passage today. Have you, have you not heard? Do you not know? Um, there are so many people walking around who do not know that they that they really are, whew, that they really are loved. That God does, that God does see, see them.
it's an opportunity to speak truth. Truth that um, the thoughts in their minds or the things that they've learned all their life, they aren't, they aren't true. That God is for them and not against them. And that, um, that he's real. Right? Like, it's not just some, something up there, but that he is personal and active and powerful. And so I could, I could keep telling stories, um, stories of our after-school kids. Um, and we, right now, we have an awesome program with our after-school kids for Cardinal Valley that, have, that has brought so many people to the table. Um, children's ministers and art teachers and um, music teachers, um, just a wealth of opportunity for our kids. But, but more than anything, it is, it is the personal connection. It's the, it's the redemptive relationship that we desire to, to bring restoration um, to people. And so this, this personal and powerful care of Jesus in, in the lives of, and in our lives. I feel like that's the only reason why we can share it with someone else, right? He has been real and active in my life, and, and, um, and he is real and active in our neighbor's lives. So, so when was the last time you witnessed or experienced church beyond the building you call the church? What would it mean for our lives to have the magnetic appeal of the presence of the Holy Spirit? Are we, are we, are the places where you connect, where are those places that you connect with the hurting and the broken in your own life? Um, And would you consider um, letting Nathaniel Mission be one of those places in your life Um, through prayer? through serving a meal, um, spending an afternoon with an elementary school kid, um, giving financially. um, There are huge needs in our community. um, And we have, I I believe the Lord will cause us to grow, but in order to grow, um, we need more staff. We need more finances. Um, So um, I just encourage you to, to ask that question of the Lord, and I believe he'll answer you. Um, And I believe he wants to use you um, in a real way in someone's life. So um, let me pray for us, and then I'll conclude. Father, would you kindle in us the fire of the Holy Spirit to be active, personal, and powerful, in the, in the lives, in our lives, but in the lives of others. Would you highlight the people in our lives, um, maybe that we currently have, that we could be that personal care of Jesus to someone. Um, and Father, if, there, if we don't have, if we don't have those kind of people in our life, Lord, would you bring them? Would you show us? Um, would you stir in our hearts a desire, um, a desire for to share what we've experienced? Um, and Father, if we have not, 
if we've not experienced that personal care of Jesus, Father, I just ask that in this season, Lord, we would open up our hearts to you to experience it. And we pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen.